Let's get into the Word of God. The title of the sermon may be confusing to you if this is your first time uh, with us. And uh, let me just say, if it is your first time with us, welcome, welcome, welcome to the bridge. Make sure you stop at the VIP tent, pick up your gift on your way out today, okay? We're very happy to have you. Uh, let me just mention one other thing, guys. November 4th, November 4th, we're having dinner with the staff. Uh, we canceled our last dinner with the staff. This is a dinner that we invite newcomers to. It's a dinner that uh, if you're ready to become an owner, and uh, we say owners around here instead of members because owners have responsibilities. Members have rights. Owners have responsibilities. We want you to own the vision, own the calling of God on this church. So if you, if you just want to know more about our church or if you're ready to become an owner, uh, this dinner, uh, you need to attend this dinner, and that is on November 4th, so go ahead and sign up at the uh, Connect Center out in the main foyer today, or you can go online on your own at home and sign up for dinner with the staff. Again, the title, Plastic Donuts, comes from a book of the same title, written by Jeff Anderson. And Jeff talks about sitting in his big chair, pecking on his computer, that is so... Uh, my life right there and uh, he's got a little 18 month old daughter and uh, she walked up to the chair and brought him a little plastic donut from her kitchen set and he responded with great joy and put it to his mouth and pretended it was just so delicious and she, she let out a, a little squeal of delight as she stood up on her tiptoes and he just in that moment realized um, what an acceptable gift is how God feels when we give him an acceptable gift and, and how we feel when we know God is pleased with what we have given. So we encourage you to get that book. It's out in the um, uh, resource center here by the coffee shop and uh, it will uh, take you a little deeper in that. We're not actually preaching from that book in the sermon series, but it's a wonderful supplement uh, to go along with the sermon series. Well, let's look in the book of Proverbs, chapter 11 and verse 24. We looked at this last week, and uh, it's pretty clear. Let's uh, read it together, everybody together. The world... Y'all with me? Let's, do, let's start over. The world of the generous gets... And the world of the stingy gets... In Jesus' name, amen. We could go home, but we're not. God is calling this church that is already, and I say this with humility, but this is the most generous church I have ever served as pastor. In any church I've ever served, this is the most generous church I've ever served. But God is calling us to come even higher in our generosity. And he's calling us to come higher in our generosity in a very bad economy. He's calling us to come higher in our generosity even when some of you, your job has dissolved. It's gone away. You're not working. You're looking. Some of you, you go to work every day wondering if you're going to get the pink slip. Some of you own your own businesses and you're struggling. You say, Pastor, that just doesn't go together. 
We're struggling, but God is calling us to a higher level of generosity. Yes, I believe He is. Now, I want to say this to you. I believe God still controls money. I believe God controls where it goes and where it doesn't go. And I believe that God will bless those who are generous when it's impossible seemingly to be generous. Church, receive that word today. Let's look at the three-part challenge. I won't spend a lot of time here, but let's look at the three-part challenge that I've put before you in the other two messages. Number one, I challenge you to serve. I challenge you to give your time to bless someone. I challenge you to give of your talents and your abilities to bless someone. Every one of you have a gift. Every one of you have a calling. Every one of you have something you can do. And you may say, Pastor, I I just can't think of anything I can do. I promise you, I guarantee you that there is a call of God and a purpose of God on your life. And the best way to find God's will and the best way to find God's purpose is just obey Him in something. Whatever the Word of God says, the Word of God says go and preach the gospel. So then hook up with our outreach team and go with Pastor Jimmy and go with some of our teams and share the love of Jesus in demonstration and in word. Just, just do something for the kingdom. Do something for God. You've heard me often describe it this way. When you are in your car and the motor is running and the headlights are on and it's pitch dark outside, you say, well, I can't see beyond the lights. Well, how do you see beyond the lights? You drive into the light you have. And when you obey the light you have, when you obey the calling of God on all of us in the Scriptures, then you have more light. You can see further down the road. You know more what your destination in life looks like, what your destiny in life looks like. When you begin to sow service, God will give you details and open doors for you to serve in the place of your giftedness. So I challenge you to serve. We have little cards at the Connect Center where, <coughs> excuse me, where you can sign up and check the places that you're interested in serving. When you fill out one of these little cards or you go online to our website and you go, go to the Serve Like Jesus page um, and you ask, uh, you know, what is this, what is this? You're just asking for information. You're not signing up to serve and we'll get back up with you. We want to get you involved. Let, let me just say this. You don't even have to serve through this church. Look around in your community. Look around in your neighborhood. When you are out and about in the community, just look around for people who have needs. Look around for people who are struggling. Look around for for that mom who's got three or four kids pulling on her in a grocery store, and you can tell that she's being very meticulous about what she buys because she can't buy but only so much. Let God impress upon your heart to bless someone. You don't have to wait. You don't have to wait to join some event of outreach. I hope you'll go out there and just be your own outreach team, your individual outreach team. Serve, serve. And I'm telling you, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, when God sees that, 
When God sees that in your life, when God sees that spirit in you, when God sees that heart in you, I promise you 100% money back guarantee, God loves that and it moves the heart of God. And God said in Malachi chapter 3, and uh, Pastor Joey mentioned that in his prayer this morning, that when you sow those seed, when you give, God will pour back into your life. It may not be money, but how many of you know some stuff's better than money? Serve, serve. Let's become a generous church. Let me, let me just give you some ways you can be generous. Just one little way. When you come to church, don't make church about you. Don't make church about you and your family. Don't make church about you and your friends. Come to church, wave at family, wave at friends, and look for somebody you don't know. People walk into a church like this, they got that deer in the headlights look. They don't really know where to go. You know, I know we got signs and connect centers, but I got to tell you something, man. When you walk into a, a, a foyer like that that's over, over packed with people and everybody's going everywhere and everybody knows everybody, but nobody knows you, that's a bad feeling right there. You say, well, I'm not one of those uh, greeters. I'm not one of those guest guides. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Everybody who comes to this church is a greeter on Sunday morning. Amen. Better say amen. I'll come down there. <laughs> Y'all with me? That's generosity. When you get out of your car and it's not about you. When you're walking through the parking lot and it's not about you. When you're standing in the foyer, it's not about you. When you're taking your child over uh, for kids' church, if there's a new family and they're taking their child over the kids' church and they don't know the process and they don't know how it works, say, hey, man, let, you know, I'm, I'm Henry Weatherwax. Let me show you the way. Let me show you how we do it. Instead of standing there behind them going, obviously they don't know what they're doing. Y'all with me? And uh, let me talk to you guys who put your kids in the nursery. That nursery was designed for about an attendance of about 400 people. And we're having, we're having right here on this campus 1,100 people come every Sunday. Amen, amen. Thank God for that. Well, you're all really super happy about that, aren't you? Listen, I know it's early service. Um, listen, it, it's a process. And, and, you know, that's just where we are right now. Now, as soon as we get in the new building, we're going to restructure everything as we have the money to do it. And we're going to create a kids check-in and check-out system designed for 2,500 people. But right now, we don't have that. And, you know, we stand in here, we just worship. Oh, God is so good, and tears flow. And then we go to the nursery, and we're like, give me my child, you know? <laughs> so just... Chill, chill, chill. Understand where we're at. Be generous. Be generous. Be nice. You know, don't take, uh, when you go in there to get your kid, don't take your whole family reunion in there. We don't have room, okay? Just send a representative in there. I didn't know I was going to preach on this today. I'm preaching up in here today. Amen? Y'all hear me out there? There's just a lot of ways to be generous. There are a lot of practical ways to be generous. Uh, let somebody get in front of you in line. God forbid, but yeah, how about that? So I know how y'all are. I, I know how y'all are. You know, you're coming into Goldsboro on the new Bojangles. I don't know where all the Bojangles are. The new Bojangles, you know, they're on the left where you got to get over in that far right lane. 
You know, man, dude, I'm telling you, some people can go to heaven right there. You ever get there on a Friday when everybody's going to the beach and they don't know they're supposed to be in that far right? Who's with me on this? They don't know they're supposed to be in that far right lane. And Buddy, I'm, I'm Dale Earnhardt right then, you know. All these people from Raleigh don't even know how to drive, don't even know how to get to the beach, you know what? Just talking to me, I'm talking to me. Pastor Farrell, simmer down now. <laughs> Be generous. Honestly, I got to, I'm not natured. To, when I get out on the road, I'm like, why do these other people even have driver's license? <laughs> so I'm talking to myself. If you were in my car with me and I didn't know you were there, you'd think I'd lost my mind because I'm telling myself, calm down. Calm down. Do not tell them they're number one. Don't do it. Don't do it. Generosity. Challenge number two. I want you to pray with your family. Now, don't even decide about this till you pray. You say, well, I'm not going to do that thing often fit for a king. I just feel like I'm being manipulated. Well, ask God before you say I'm not going to do it. Ask God. Say, God... Some of y'all scared to ask God, aren't you? <laughs> scared of what he'll say. Um, ask him. On, on the first weekend in October, we're going to take up an offering in this church. It's called an offering fit for a king. And I'm asking everybody to tithe. Everybody in the whole church family to tithe. And here's why. Because in Malachi 3, he said, If you will, watch what I do. It's the only place in the Bible where he says, Test me. Test me. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, God don't lie. God does not lie, does he? Test him on the first weekend. Let's walk in with our tithe. Those of you who tithe, I want you on that weekend to give a special offering above your tithe. Millie and I are going to do that. We're asking our tithers to give a special offering above. I believe on that weekend, we can, we can give over a... $155,000. I really believe that. We've already done it one weekend a couple of years ago, gave $151,000. And this year we're going to shoot for $155,000. Some of you can give a, a big offering. Some of you have got it, and you could give a very, very special offering. I'm not going to look. I'm not going <clears> to <throat> see who gave what. Nobody's going to call you and say, uh, what's up with that? You know, nobody's going to do that. You do what God puts in your heart. But let's see what God does on that first weekend. On the second weekend of October, it's going to be a very, very special weekend. There are going to be missionaries here. I'm going to be sharing some things on the, on the next weekend. That is October the, um, what is that date? October 11, 13, and 14. And we're not going to take a special offering that day, but we are going to ask those of you who have not pledged to the Giving Life Fund, which includes missions, bread of life, and our new worship center, this is your offering. This is above your tithe. You say, do you and your wife give to that? Yes, we do. You say, well, Pastor, i got to tell you something. I don't think I can give but about $5 a month. You know what I say? I say thank you. Because, see, when those missionaries stand up here a uh, second weekend in October... I want you to be able to say, I help them. I help them. I, I don't help them much, but I help. So when they, when they dig a well 
and provide water for an African community that had to travel 10, 15 miles to get water, and now they've got water right there where their homes are, and they don't have to travel anymore. You can say, I, didn't, I, didn't, I wasn't able to give much, but I helped build that well so those people could have water. And when we help people who can't pay their light bill and can't feed their children, if you give $5 a month, and a lot of you can give a lot more than that, if you can give $5 a month, you can say, I helped keep their lights on. I helped feed those children. And then our new worship center, uh, you know that's a huge expense, and we've got to step up. We've got to step up, so make a pledge on that weekend. Let me give you a definition for... Uh, Supernatural generosity. Supernatural generosity is a God-enabled attitude toward giving. Because what's our attitude toward giving? Giving. <laughs> yeah, that's our attitude toward giving. Getting. All right? So what is it? Get all you can, can all you, and sit on the... That's our attitude. Get all you can, can all you get, and sit on the lid and protect it. But the world's view is the opposite of God's view. God says, if you'll let me, if you'll open your heart to me, if you'll open your life to me, I can give you a heart of generosity. I can turn your heart. You say, well, right now when I give, it don't feel too good. You know, that's how it is in the Christian life. When we start a new thing in our life as a Christian, it's a discipline to begin with. And then the more we do it and the more we see the hand of God work because of our obedience, it becomes a desire. And then when we begin to understand how much it delights the heart of God, it becomes a delight to us. Discipline becomes desire, and desire becomes delight when you do it long enough. And so supernatural generosity is a God-enabled attitude toward giving. Don't be stingy. Don't be greedy. If you want to break the grip of greed in your life, give. If you want to break the grip of selfishness in your life, serve. Saved people serve people. And served people get saved. Let's look at five ways generosity will impact your life. We looked at one last week. Supernatural generosity is enjoyable. You remember the story. Paul the Apostle uh, the gift of apostle means that Paul was over several churches, many churches. He started many churches. Then he would train leadership and get that church going. Then he'd leave them and go start a church somewhere else. So there were churches in Jerusalem. And there were churches in Macedonia. And there were churches in Greece. And the church in Jerusalem was going through a severe economic depression. To the point that there was no food to eat. So Paul comes to the Macedonians. And he says to them, will you guys take up an offering in your churches and let's bless the church at Jerusalem. They're in big trouble. And the church at Macedonia, who also was in financial trouble itself, not only that, they were under great persecution from Rome. We talked about it last week. But they said, yes, we will give. We will joyfully give. And they joyfully gave. And so Paul took the offering to Jerusalem. And then he talked to the church in Greece. And it was the church of Corinth. The churches in Macedonia were churches like Thessalonica and Philippi. 
Then he talks to the church in Greece, the church of Corinth. He says, guys, I want you to get involved in this. Look what he writes in 2 Corinthians 8, 1 and 2. He says, and now, brothers and sisters of Corinth, we want you to know about the grace that is the divine enablement. In other words, the Macedonians really didn't have it to give, but God made them able. He says, I want you to know about the grace God gave the churches in Macedonia. Look at verse 2. For the people in Macedonia themselves have been tested by great troubles. And, and they themselves are very poor, but they gave much because of their joy. So supernatural giving is joyful. It might not be joyful for you yet. You might be young in your walk with the Lord. Or maybe you, for the first time, you've never even heard any teaching on giving. You've never even heard any teaching on tithing. You've never even been to a church where the pastor had the courage to get up and talk about what the Bible says about money. But you're in that church today. Because it's important that we understand what the Bible said about money and that we do what the Bible said about money. And so he says to the church at Corinth, he says, you guys need to get motivated. He said, I want to tell you something. He said, this church in Macedonia was very, very poor, but full of joy and happy to give to the church in Jerusalem. The second one we want to talk about today is that supernatural generosity is, well, supernatural. You say, what does that mean? You see, when you talk about the generosity I'm talking about, you can't overemphasize the supernatural. Guys, listen to me. We're not able to give. I'm not able to give. I'm not able to be generous the way I'm preaching to you that we need to be. I'm not able. I told you earlier in the sermon that God's calling us to a higher level of generosity as a church. i got to tell you something. It isn't in me to do it. It isn't in me to be more generous. But the God who is in me calls me to be more generous. And then he says, if you will obey me, I will make a way for you to obey me. If you are willing to obey, I will make a way. And so even though it goes against my nature, I've come to understand that the happiest people I know are givers. And the saddest, most depressed people I know are takers. So God calls us to generosity. You might be here today and go, I don't go to this church. I go to another church. Well, go back and be generous there. And you might say, I don't live in this community. I live, I live out of state or I live in another country then be generous there. People who are watching online today, we have people who watch us every uh, weekend from all over the world. I say to you, wherever you are, wherever you are, how can you be generous? I had the greatest story this week come to me on Facebook. Three young men who go to another church in town came and visited with us at the bridge in our Goldsboro campus on a Thursday night. And I preached on generosity. This was last week. I got, an, I got a Facebook message from them. They were so excited. They said, Pastor Farrell, we go to such and such a church, but we like to come to the bridge during the week. And I got to tell you, we went out and practiced your generosity. Now, these are young guys. They're, they're maybe 17, 18, 19 years old. They said, we went to Burger King, 
And Burger King had this jar up there where they were raising money to help sick children. So we all put some money in there. I was like, awesome. He said, and then we sat down. He said, but it was still just getting us, getting us. He said, and we saw, we saw a couple that came in, and they didn't look like they had very much. So when they got ready to pay, we just went up there and paid for their meal. He said, man, it was awesome. It was just awesome. And then he said, and then later, he said, me and the two buddies who were with me at the bridge met with some other young guys at IHOP. Can somebody say amen? <laughs> he said, we were having our Bible study. He said, we got our breakfast. Or we got our meal. He said, we went up to pay the meal, and the lady looked at me and said, your meal was paid for by the couple sitting next to you. They heard you guys talking about God and the Bible. And they said, that's some good kids right there. They said, your meal's already been paid for. He said, man, being generous is awesome. <laughs> Isn't that a great story? <laughs> Supernatural generosity. Now, I don't want you to get the wrong idea. I'm not sure you're going to get paid back that quick every time. <laughs> you're generous. But I do know this. You reap what you sow. You reap later than you sow. And you always reap more than you sow. Isn't that true? When you put a kernel of corn in the ground, do you get one kernel back? You get hundreds. Hundreds. So if, uh, let me just, you know, throw this in the mix. If you sow stingy, you're going to reap stingy. In other words, if you so stingy, there's going to come a day in your life when you're going to need somebody to be generous to you, but there ain't going to be no crop out there because you haven't put any seed in the ground in that area. That's good preaching right there. The Bible says if you sow generously, you will reap. If you sow sparingly, you will reap. Supernatural generosity is what we see in 2 Corinthians 8 and 3. I love this. Paul's talking to... Uh, these poor people in Macedonia who gave their money to the even poorer people in Jerusalem. I love this verse. He says, he's talking to the Corinthians, you know. He's trying to motivate them to get involved in the offering. And Paul says, for I testify to you, Corinthians, that the Macedonians gave as much as they were able. Don't you wish there's a period right there? Everybody read the rest of it with me. And even... Yeah beyond their ability. See, that's supernatural. Natural is when you give what you got. Supernatural is when you give what you ain't got. Natural giving is when you give what you're able. Supernatural giving is when you give beyond your ability. How does somebody give beyond their ability? When I, when I read that, I thought, what's an illustration I can say to the church at the bridge to just kind of illustrate, I mean, is there an illustration in the Bible I could use, or is there an illustration I read in a book? And let me tell you who I thought about when I thought about this thing of giving beyond your ability. You know who I thought about? You. I thought about you. I've been at this church 22 years. I've seen this church, I mean, Where's Rollin Converse? I saw Rollin in here. Wave at me, Rollin. Where is he? Right there. 
That man right there, Roland Converse, stirred this church up about missions. And he was telling me stuff this church was going to do for missions. And, uh, you know, I was trying to be spiritual back to him. Amen, praise the Lord. I got my voice that is, uh, sounds like I swallowed a steeple, you know, and I was just, amen, brother, praise the Lord. <laughs> but the whole time I was like, it ain't never going to happen. <laughs> but that man right there believed, believed, had conviction, came out of a church in Ohio that was a missions-oriented church and brought that passion to this church. Yes, people, good things do come from up north. <laughs> and I watched him, I watched him the first time we took up an offering and pledges that went far beyond what he had even said and what I knew was never going to happen. And I watched that man stand up here and weep and cry. And uh, we built on the foundation you laid, Rollin. We have built on that foundation. There have been other missions directors since you, but you laid the foundation. Can we give it up for Rollin, Converse? <clears throat> Behind every good man is a what? Bless you, Royanne. <laughs> we know he would not be the man he is today if it wasn't for you. I've watched, um, I've watched this church. I've watched this church when I knew that the people primarily, really 100% of the people who came here were just blue collar, get up, put on that working shirt, get up and go to work and work it out every day. I've watched you, I've watched you give to sick people. I've watched you give to people who didn't have enough money to feed their I've watched you give beyond your ability many, many times. And I want to say to you, don't stop. That's why God's been so good to us, and that's why God's been so good to this church. I've watched you take money that you could have bought a nicer car, but you gave it away. I've watched you take money that you could have bought a bigger house, but you said that will tighten me up. I won't be able to give to God like I want to and give to others like I want to. I've watched you. You've told me about those decisions you made. We could have got that house. We could have got that car. We could have bought that. We could have gone there. We could have took that cruise. We could have gone on that long vacation, but we went to the cliffs of the noose. That's our resort in this county. You know what I'm saying? Guys, when I thought about it, I thought about you. I thought about your generosity. You've been so good to me and my family. You, you, have, you have been so good to our staff. and I, I just love you and I thank you. See, that kind of giving is something done with help from a supernatural source. That kind of giving is not natural. What are, what's, our what's our nature? Our nature is to keep, not give. Our nature is to protect. Our nature is to guard. Our nature is to hoard. Y'all seen that TV show? Ooh, that's scary, isn't it? Isn't that scary? The hoarders. Wow. What's our nature? The fear, the worry. It's unnatural for me to give away what I'm in need of myself. It's unnatural. That kind of giving, the kind of giving I'm talking about, the Macedonians did, it's supernatural. 
So how do we give supernaturally? Well, here's what I've learned. When God leads me and Millie, and he always leads both of us together, when God leads us to give an amount beyond our ability, he does one of two things. Sometimes he does both. He'll show me things that I don't have to have that I thought I had to have. He, he will show me changes I need to make in my lifestyle to deny myself of a few pleasures of life that I really don't need. He says, that's one way you're going to have it. You need to deny yourself in some areas. And what is that? That is Holy Spirit control. That's Holy Spirit control. It's one of the fruits of the Spirit that we've preached on in this church where you don't have to have what your neighbor has. You, you, the Bible talks about having a heart of contentment, a contented heart. And, and so he will show me changes I need to make that will allow me to be able to give more. And then he will provide, he will provide income that I didn't know I was going to get from a source I didn't know I was going to get it from. How many of you have had your back to the wall. I mean, your back was to the wall. You were, were kind of ticked off at God. And, and when the preacher got up and preached like I'm preaching today, you got kind of ticked off at him. And, and you just got real frustrated. And then all of a sudden, out of seemingly nowhere, and I want you to testify now with a raised hand, how many of you have seen God come out of the woodwork and meet a need in your life when you didn't know where it was coming from? Amen. Amen. He'll do that. When you're willing to obey, He will always make a way. Let me give you one little final thing. Supernatural generosity is not only um, enthusiastic or, or not only uh, enjoyable. It's not only um, supernatural, but it's enthusiastic. I want you to look at... Um, Paul's still talking to the church at Corinth. He's still motivating them. He's still trying to teach them and help them see the blessing of generosity. So he's still talking about the Macedonian church and how they gave. He said, I want to talk to you about their enthusiasm in giving. Now, I've told you all before, we will take unenthusiastic m money. Y'all do know that. <laughs> but I want you to be blessed. So I want you to learn to give and be happy about it. Look what Paul said. Paul said, you Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 8 and 4. He said, these, these Macedonians of their own, what? Free will. Not pressure. Not pressure. Of their own free will, they what? Begged us and they for the, for the, let's get louder, for the, it's a privilege. It is a privilege. Do you know how much money that you have that God provided? All of it. All of it. And so it is a privilege of taking out of that blessing that God has given you and having a part in the helping of God's people in helping God's people in Judea. And then, of course, that means the churches in Jerusalem. Look what they said. They said they, he said they gave of their own free will, no pressure. He said they begged us. You know, maybe Paul said to the church at Macedonia, 
don't, don't give anymore. You guys are having a hard enough time. And they were like, no, please. Please take this. Please take this. You know, I, I think those Macedonians might have said, you know what, I don't have any cash on hand, but here, take this. Take this. This is something that is very precious, and t- take this. I went to a church one time. Let me tell you all about my early ministry. I was... Uh, I used to be evangelist Farrell Hardison, and I would. Uh, me and Millie had a had a uh, one of those uh, big old vans. You know that the back of it looked sort of like an apartment. <laughs> Y'all remember those vans? Carpet on the walls. It was a love wagon. Let me tell you right now. <laughs> no children, <laughs> and. Uh, so we traveled, we traveled all over the eastern part of the country, and she would sing, and I would preach. and We went in churches from Kentucky all the way down to Georgia and, and uh, held meetings for about two or three years. I would hold 44 revival meetings a year. And um, I remember we went to a church. How many of y'all know where Ahoski is? You know where Ahoski is? How about Orlander? Orlander. You ever heard of that little town, Orlander? We went there and did a, a revival meeting. And that church didn't have any money. And um, they gave me a check for $200 at the end of, of a seven-night revival. That's all the money they could give me. And the pastor was so embarrassed. He said, but Pastor Farrell, he said, on the last night, we're going to give you a pounding. <laughs> How many old school people we got here know what a pounding is? All right. That's when they brought all their groceries from their house and preserves and vegetables they had put up. And when I left, buddy, the back of that van was scrubbing the ground. (laughs) But boy, we had good food. Some people just cleaned out their pantry, though. I got a lot of hog brains. But anyway, (laughs) do you see what I'm saying? I, I believe that Macedonian church was like that. We don't have any money, but man, we just feel our heart, our heart goes out to the churches in Jerusalem. Take this, take this. Here's a little, here's a little gold chain that my, that my great-great-grandmother gave me, and I was just going to pass that down to the children, but you know what? Just take that. Help them. I just love that heart. I love the word enthusiasm. I, I just looked that up. It comes from the Greek word en, E-N, meaning in, like our I-N. Theos. How many of you know what Theos is in Greek? God. Uh, the study of God is called what? Theology. The study of God. Now listen to this word enthusiastic. It means in God. So the only way you can give and be happy about it is if you're really in God. So when you give and you're upset, I'll just let you finish that thought right on out. People who are really in God are enthusiastic about their giving. Amen? Amen. Father, thank you. Thank you for your word today. I know, uh, I know this is... Um, you know, I'd rather get up here, Lord, and preach on uh, a story in the Bible or... You know, preach on the woman at the well, or uh, I'd rather, you know, if I had my way, I'd rather get up here and preach a a sermon about uh, David and Goliath. 
But there's a time in the life of a church when the pastor has to get up and talk about generosity. If a church is going to be a healthy church, we can't pick and choose what we want to hear. We got to hear it all. And there's probably not anything I will preach on that will go against the grain of our human nature more than preaching about giving our stuff, our money to somebody else. It goes against my nature. And I know it goes against the nature of every man, woman, boy, and girl in this church. But God, I pray you will not let up on us on this. But I pray you will press in, first of all, on me as the senior pastor about my own personal generosity. And then, God, that you will press hard on the staff about their generosity. And, God, I'm counting on my church deacon board, our finance board. I'm counting on them as the leaders of this church elected to represent the congregation. I'm counting on them to step up. And then, God, our ministry directors, those who lead the various ministries of this church, you should not be a ministry director if you do not have a generous heart. I challenge every ministry director in this church, if you are not a person with a generous heart, you begin to pray because we have to set the example as the leaders of this church. I pray for every owner Every person who has stood on this stage or the stage at our other campus and said, I want to be an owner at the bridge. I pray, God, that you move on them to be generous and understand that it is their responsibility and that if we will be faithful in our responsibility and we will do it with enthusiasm and joy, a blessing from you will flow into our life, many blessings. From, uh, of many different kinds, not just finances, but many different kinds of blessings will flow into our life that otherwise will not. And then God, for those who attend our church, maybe they're not an owner yet, but they say, the bridge is my church. This is my church. Move on them, God. Stir us. It's really easy to be generous when we've got plenty. So God, help us be generous. When we look around us and it looks like things are decreasing, things are going in the wrong direction, to step up in faith and be generous in that time, I believe, God, that moves your heart. I believe it stirs your heart. Thank you, Father, for the Spirit in this church. I just sense your, your presence here this morning. I, I sense you in a different way. I, I, I know you're working on the hearts of, I know you're working on my heart, and I know you're working on the hearts of the people today. Now, Lord, we're going to open our altars, and the prayer team is going to come, and the staff who are here, they're going to come up, and we're going to pray for people. We'll pray for people about their finances. We'll pray for them about sickness. We'll pray for them about their marriage, their children, whatever, some emotional struggle they may be going through, some relational difficulty. This is a very special time in our church. When I say amen, the altar is open for prayer. And I would just remind our congregation in this prayer that I'm praying right now that, that we make the front of the church very sacred at the end of our service that we might be able to pray for those who need prayer. 
So God, if there's a man or a woman, a boy or girl who needs prayer, give them the courage not to leave this service, but to walk up here and say, I need prayer. Maybe they, maybe they don't know you. Maybe, maybe they're here and they're, they don't even know you, Lord, as their personal Savior. And maybe they want to come up and say, I, I want Jesus in my life. We would love to talk with them and pray with them that they would receive Christ as their personal Savior today. Thank you for this day. Thank you for your blessings on our church. Thank you for what you're going to do in the future in this church. In Jesus' name, and everybody said... Amen. If you're a first-time guest, don't forget to pick up your gift on the way out. Don't forget Financial Peace University, 5 o'clock this afternoon. God bless you guys. Thank you.